Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. I was told to speak to you, Hashem. Maybe you can tell me who I am. I've been lost too long to know where I belong In the end, my only hope is that you'll hold my hand How am I supposed to see your path With so many questions I have to ask Now I'm standing here alone, I'm losing hope And in the end, my tears are falling to you, Tati, my king, Father, I plead Don't ever let, ever let go of me Heaven Let ever 
all look different Yet inside we're much the same Different faces, different names Can we still share joy and pain? We may all feel different But we share a beating heart Why should we be torn apart From each other? We may all think different And at times we don't agree Can we understand and see That we're still a family? We may all be different But in learning to respect We can heal and reconnect To each other in a world that is crying out in pain You and I are the ones who can make things change If I dare to reach out to you Will you cross the divide? We can build it all anew If we can unite Let's bring the joy and peace to our families and homes with the blessing of Shalom. Time to break the barriers that have kept us apart and to melt away the ice that has frozen our Watching all our dreams come true as we join side by side One great nation forever Forever Can we bridge the difference? Maybe reach across the aisle Shake a hand or give a smile It'll all be worth the while Cause we're not so different Let's accept a fellow Jew And there's nothing I won't do For my brother in a world that is crying out in pain in a world that is crying out in pain You and I are the ones who can make things change We can make things change If I dare to reach out to you Will you cross the divide? We can build it all anew If we can unite our families and homes with the blessing of shalom we can break the barriers that have kept us apart we can make
that has frozen our hearts. Watching all our dreams come true as we join side by side. For the peace and the harmony are a vessel that holds all the good we could ever see and the blessings untold. Take the challenge and join with me, watch the wonders unfold.
Bum 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 b
Tiyuli, Tiyuli, 
Benny Friedman, brand new from the uh, a cappella album that he released, Whispers of the Heart, Volume 2, here at JM in the AM. That is uh, Benny Friedman. Uh, before that, you heard uh, Cold Zimra with Menucha Visimcha. 613 had Kili Olam Chazdo, Simchali Artsecha, done by the Lachaim Choir. Bitachon had Lachado D. We may all be different. Benny Friedman and Joey Newcomb. Tati, my king, Benny Friedman. And Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this April the 22nd, day 10 in the month of ER. The year 5781, Tufshin Pei Aleph. Today is day number 25 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks and four days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Uh, listener Sandy says, happy birthday, Rebecca. Love Ima, Abi, Ima, Abba, Robbie, and Maishi. Thank you, Sandy, and happy birthday, Rebecca, from all of us here at JM in the AM. 
Thursday, 25th day in the counting of the Omer. Today is Bahab, the second of the three-day Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. 37 degrees. 37? Wow. <clears throat> I don't know if Simon's listening right now. He might be because uh, he's here in the uh, United States, so it's very possible that um, he's already tuned in. But Simon, when he was in Yerushalayim this past Shabbos, uh, or late, at least last Friday, um, and now being in New Jersey, he has experienced a 60-degree change in temperature. It was in the mid-90s last Friday in Israel, and it's now 37 degrees here in the New York area. It's almost at the freezing mark on April 22nd. Go figure, huh? Go figure. That was the big debate in my house last night, whether it can be this cold this late in uh, April. I, of course, took the position that it should never be this cold, even in early April. <laughs> anyway, 37 degrees, cloudy at a high of 51. Tonight, uh, cloudy and a low of 40 degrees. And tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high Friday, 64. That's more like it. 74 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 37 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM. And by the way, Simon is here with his wife, Barry, and uh, they'll be attending the uh, big event coming up next Friday. And that is such a tremendous kavod, such a tremendous honor for us to have the co-chair of the Jewish Unity Initiative and somebody who has been such a backbone of uh, of not just support, but such a backbone of enthusiasm for this network uh, to be at the big event next Friday. Those of you who don't know, next Friday is the... Uh, Amazing and incredible <sighs> JM in the AM five hour, you heard correctly, five hour Jewish music extravaganza. Now, it is a JM in the AM, which means we are doing a radio show, and everybody watching from around the world can look in and see a radio show be conducted. I have to say it like that because I don't want people to think it's a five hour concert. But you know how we always have musical guests and, you know, people playing in studio and uh, singing, etc. This is going to be a full-blown super band with Avraham Rosenblum, the Diasperados. Uh, Aryeh Kunstler is going to be there next Friday, JM and the AM, a five-hour JM and the AM. And an incredible live music extravaganza. Facebook Live, Instagram Live, obviously our website, they'll all have it. Sponsored by our friends at Mizrahi. RZA, the Religious Zionists of America. You can go to rza.org slash journey home for information about their missions to Israel. rza.org slash journey home. Uh, it's sponsored by our friends at Yatar. Oh, I think we're going to speak to both of them. We're going to speak to Yatar and to uh, and to our friends in Mizrahi today. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, the guest for today's Yatar interview is the husband of Esther Horgan. Remember Esther Horgan was uh, killed by terrorists? Uh, her husband's going to join us and talk about the importance of raising money for this ATV for Talman Ashe. Um, they, are at, they have a goal of 85000 They're almost at 79000 So they are creeping toward their goal of raising money for this ATV. If you haven't given yet, it's charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity with a D. Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Y-A-T-A-R. Anyway, so we're together next Friday. Simon has said he'll be there. 
a lot of people that uh, – I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the majority of our staff will be there, staff and volunteers, the ones that don't live in Israel. Um, we encourage them to stay in Israel. Uh, I hope our staff and volunteers will be there. We are hoping that um, a whole host of uh, wonderful uh, sponsors and supporters, many of whom you've met through these airwaves over the last year, uh, that they'll be there as well next Friday. Uh, Joey Bodner already indicated that he'll be there. Uh, hard to do a JM in the AM spectacular event without uh, Joey and his family in attendance. So he'll be there, and the and the list continues to grow of people who please God are going to be with us next um, next Friday morning. So, if you want to sponsor the event, and we encourage it, please do so. Uh, I want to thank the Markowitz family. They've already stepped up with the first sponsorship in memory of Chava Bas uh, Shlomo. Chava Bas Shlomo, my darling, um, my darling grandmother-in-law, uh, Evelyn Bubby Leader, who many of you from this community remember. Um, she passed away on Lagba Omer 24 years ago. So the Markowitz family has started uh, a uh, an effort to dedicate support for the Lagba Omer show in her memory, Le'ilu Nishmasa, um, Chava Basra Shlomo, and, um, and I thank them. If you would like to sponsor our Lagba Omer extravaganza, and we welcome it, it's a free event that we're doing, and it's very expensive, and it is a wonderful uh, community gathering through audio and through video to enjoy Lagba Omer together. If you'd like to sponsor the event, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. You'll see there there's a uh, sponsorship fee if you'd like to attend. But anything you give, whether you attend or not, anything you give will be so appreciative. Uh, we'll be at the Arts Girls Studios in Rahway, New Jersey that morning. I want to thank our chairman, Steve Adelsberg. I want to thank our New Jersey chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. I want to thank everybody who's sponsored. We have a great list of sponsors. Next week, we're going to outline all of them for you. Uh, people have stepped forward to sponsor this event. So please, 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 fjbunity.org. Um, we're officially not asking for anything from anybody. It's a free event to look in from around the world and to enjoy a five-hour great radio show dominated by incredible live music. Uh, I'm going to try to get Avram Rosenblum on tomorrow. Just for a little preview, just a little discussion about what we can expect next Friday. Place is going to be the place is going to be jamming to say the least. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So uh, anyway, that's that's my wrap regarding what's happening next Friday. And again, I hope you'll support us, and I hope you'll um, consider sponsoring the event by going to fjbunity.org. Um. What else I want to tell everybody early this morning? Um, we are planning with Mizrahi a journey to Israel next month. Please, God, please, God. Uh, I can only imagine the ratings for those broadcasts if we do get to Israel because people are so desperate to bridge that gap between the diaspora, especially this area, and the state of Israel. So we are working hard to put together some amazing programming from Israel, and uh, we are waiting for the official word that we're actually going. You know, any group that's applied to go, um, we, we, they still need permission from the Israeli government to actually embark on the trip. So hopefully we'll have that in the next few days, and we're looking forward to We're actually going to be speaking to our friends from Israeli later on. Uh, and today, by the way, is Herzl Day. I asked Mayor Weingarten, I said, if... Um, 
If you're up early this morning, call in. We have a full morning, but I'd love to get in his comments about Herzl Day. Um, yeah, Herzl, who uh, who's um, you know, let me let me let me do this in an accurate fashion. Let me do this accurately, so I don't make any mistakes. <laughs> Herzl Day is an Israeli national holiday holiday celebrated on the tenth of ER to commemorate the life and vision of Zionist leader Theodore Herzl. Um, It was created by the Israeli Knesset. According to the law passed in 2004, it's celebrated on the 10th of the year, the birthday of Theodore Herzl. A state memorial service is held on Har Herzl and at IDF camps and schools. Time is devoted to learning about the achievements and Zionist vision of Herzl and a symposium in memory of Herzl is held in Jerusalem to discuss world Zionist issues. The Knesset holds a special session to mark Herzl Day. If the Hebrew date, the 10th of ER, is on Shabbos, they postpone it a day to Sunday. I mean, my gosh. Anyway, those of you who are familiar with this show, you know what what I'm thinking when I read that. The State of Israel postpones an event because it coincides with Shabbos. How unbelievable is that? Yesterday, David Fishoff was on. If you missed the interview, you should check it out. So he tells the world of rock and roll, right, a world that we didn't fully praise yesterday. You'll, you'll see how I handled it if you hear the archive. But he tells the world of rock and roll, as, as great as an industry as you have, Shabbos is more important. It's unbelievable. And the secular Zionist state of Israel, right, the, the state of Israel whose government and administration is never, has never ceased to be criticized by many who uh, who hate the fact that they're secular. They are the ones who postpone Herzl Day from Shabbos to Sunday, so God forbid it shouldn't interfere with Shabbos. That even sh- that Shabbos is even more important than what, what many regard as such an important day to commemorate, you know? Like in this country, they commemorate the birthday of George Washington. So they're the commemorating the birthday of Theodore Herzl. Anyway... Like I say, anybody who's familiar with this show knows my whole rap about this already, that's for sure. Uh, yesterday, by the way, our friends at NCSY, uh, Ari Green joined us, and <laughs> they're looking for people. I mean, it looks like they're they're getting to their goal already, but they're looking for people to repel off of a 145-foot building, I believe it is, out on Long Island. It's called Over the Edge. Go to overtheedge.ncsy.org. And by the way, I said that if Josh Joseph is doing it, which Ari informed us of yesterday, then in fact he is. I said I would sponsor. So sure enough, I sponsored him yesterday. So <laughs> you should also go and sponsor one of the repellers and support New York NCSY. Overtheedge.ncsy.org. Overtheedge.ncsy.org. There'll be people on Mother's Day jumping off a building, but Baruch Hashem in a very safe, supposedly fun, I'd be frightened out of my mind, Supposedly fun and certainly in a positive manner to support uh, the great work of New York NCSY. So to all the repellers, we say kolak avod. And to everybody who is not repelling, I remind you to sponsor one of the repellers uh, because they deserve it. They're doing, uh, <laughs> they're doing, they're doing quite a job, to say the least. They're doing quite a job uh, in um, dedicating themselves to repelling off a building in order to support New York NCSY. What can I tell you? Um, this is the Kotels. Speaking of diaspora, here's a, f- a song that fits into our sphere format. It's slow and lovely. 
Uh, Diaspora with the Kotel song at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. That was the Chabad Choir with Avino Malkenu, Lule Hamanti, and the Kotel Song from Diaspora. And, of course, they are going to be um, well represented by the incredible super band that we have doing the uh, Lagba Omer celebration with us next Friday at the Arts Girl Studios in Rahway, New Jersey. If you'd like to sponsor the event, if you'd like to attend the event, go to fjbunity.org. Click on Sponsorship Opportunities, fjbunity.org. It's in Rahway, New Jersey. There'll be chakras, there'll be breakfast. If you're a diaspora fan, you want to be at this performance, that I could tell you. It'd be really cool. 25th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's the second day of Bahab. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast follows next. Boker Tov from JMDM. גליצל השעה שתיים, כאן גוני כהן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. חוקרי המשטרה יתרו מכתב התאבדות בביתו של יושב ראש זקה לשעבר יהודה משי זהב, שניסה הבוקר לשים קץ לחייו, זאת בעקבות פרסום החשדות החמורים נגדו. מדווח בבית החולים שערי צדק בירושלים, כתבנו שחר גליק. חוקרי המשטרה שהגיעו לזירה אספו בין הממצאים גם מכתב שהשאיר מייסד ארגון זקה לפני שניסה לשים קץ לחייו. משי זהב עדיין נתון בסכנת חיים, מורדם ומונשם במצב אנוש בבית החולים, כשהמדדים יחסית התייצבו. גם אם יישאר בחיים צפוי לו נזק מוכרי בהיקף ובטווח לא ידועים, בשעה הקרובה צפויים בבית החולים לעדכן שוב במצבו. חמישה עשר פצועים בהתנגשות רכב בבית קפה בבת ים, בהם אישה במצב קשה. הנהג ככל הנראה איבד שליטה כשנסע בהילוך אחורי. מזירת האירוע מדווח כתבנו בנצר. בסרטון מהאירוע עולה כי נהג הרכב, גבע כבן 80, איבד שליטה בהילוך אחורי והופגע באזור ישיבה חיצוני של מסעדה בעיר. חמישה עשר בני אדם נפצעו, בהם אישה במצב אנוש, שניים במצב בינוני ושנים עשר במצב קל. צוותי מד"א פינו אותם לבית החולים וולפסון בחולון ואחרים פונו עצמאית. המשטרה פתחה בחקירת האירוע. נמשך הדיון בבית המשפט העליון בעקבות העתירות על אי מינוי שרים למשרדים ללא שר מכהן. הנשיאה חיות הבהירה בצל משבר חיסון האסירים והיעדר שר משפטים כל יום של עיכוב משמעותי, מדווח כתבנו איתי שריג. שופטי ההרכב הקשו על נציגת המדינה ושאלו מה יקרה אם תתכנס ישיבת ממשלה לדון במינוי שרים, אך לא יהיה רוב למינוי. הדיון יצא להפסקה של שלוש שעות, וכשיתכנס מחדש, המדינה תצטרך לתת את דעתה בעניין. השופטים אמרו כי אי מינוי שרים עלול להיות בסיטואציות מסוימות חוסר סבירות קיצוני, וכי צריך לדאוג לכנס ישיבת ממשלה לאלתר. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרב וולברג מציינת כי בליכוד עומדים על סירובם להביא לאישור הממשלה את מינויו של גנץ לשר משפטים חרף הפצרות היועץ המשפטי. גם ליום ראשון הקרוב לא מתוכננת בשלב זה ישיבת ממשלה. המתיחות בגבול אוקראינה, רוסיה הודיעה על תחילת תרגילים צבאיים בים השחור. מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ, מיכל גלנץ. רוסיה פתחה בתרגיל צבאי גדול בחצי האי קרים ובים השחור, בו ייכללו 40 ספינות מלחמה ויותר מ-10,000 חיילים. זאת לאחר שאתמול טענו בקרמלין כי צבא אוקראינה בסיוע נאטו מתגבר כוחות בגבול בין המדינות, וכי מוצבים שם כעת כ-100,000 חיילים אוקראינים. 
לאחר הפציעה במשחק הלילה, סוכן של דני עבדיה, מתן סימנטוב, אומר בגלי צה"ל, זו הייתה חוויה לא פשוטה לצפות בו במצב הזה, ממתינים לבשורות טובות. אתה יושב בבית, אמצע הלילה, רואה את המשחק, אתה רואה דני נפצע, ואין לך כל כך מה לעשות. למזלי, המשפחה המדהימה שנמצאת בצדו היו שם, כנ"ל גם לבליקו, המאמן האישי שנמצא איתו שם, אבל אין ספק ש... לא להיות שם, לא להיות לידו, לא להחליט לו את היד, לא לתמוך באותם רגעים, היה קצת קשה, ואני מעריך שנצא מזה מאוד מחוזקים. מזג האוויר היום ללא שינוי, מחר עלייה קלה במידות החום ומשעות אחר הצהריים, תתחזקנה הרוחות לאורך החוף. אלה החדשות.
That's the song we should have played yesterday, Cole Zimra, with that uh, Lechupa medley, as they call it, uh, ending with that a cappella version of um, 
there we go, uh, ending with the a cappella version of Odi Shama. That would have been perfect for us in the middle of Sphira as we celebrated the engagement of Yoni Pollock, our very own director of operations, to Haley Ramras. Why didn't I think of that yesterday? I guess I was so uh, I was so uh, giddy in the throes of uh, of celebration. I didn't focus on what we should play in their honor. <laughs> anyway, Mazaltov to Yoni and Haley. And uh, yesterday, I had a, an opportunity with Miriam Wallach to speak with uh, Yoni extensively about the uh, big simcha, which was amazing. We had a uh, little conference call celebrating the big news. Then I had the opportunity to call Yoni's mom down in Houston, Texas. Shared our Mazel Tov wishes with her as well. A wonderful simcha for us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And again, a Mazel Tov to the extended Pollock and Ramras families from all of us here at JMNAM. And Haley's father, one of the nicest people you ever want to meet, uh, Shmiel Ramras, is going to be part of our super band next Friday morning. So I get to wish him a Mazel Tov in person Next Friday morning at our JM in the AM live musical extravaganza. Ooh, that should be great. Can't wait, actually. Uh, and I want to thank everybody who's sponsoring the event. I want to thank our chairman, Steve Adelsberg, our New Jersey chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. I want to thank our friends at Mizrahi, the presenting sponsor of our five-hour JM in the AM. I want to thank our friends at Yatar who are sponsoring the event. We'll speak with both later on today. Um, and you'll be able to watch it around the world from 6 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. By the way, those of you who get Torah tidbits in Israel, a dream of mine came true this week. Uh, we actually have the flyer for the Lagba Omer live music celebration in this week's Torah tidbits. I think it's page 37. <laughs> I think that's what it was. So if you're in Israel and you see Torah tidbits, I'm looking up literally now <laughs> just to see. I was so excited. It's one of the things I love about Israel is going through the uh, Torah tidbits on a weekly basis. Uh, yeah, sometimes I do it here as well. Yeah, page 37. If you go to page 37, Torah tidbits for this week, which you can access you know, online. You could access it from here as well, um, which I should do more often, frankly. Anyway, so the flyer appears there. So hopefully our friends in Israel will also take a strong interest like our friends in the New York, New Jersey area have. Uh, to our big Lagba Omer event, and they'll watch and listen and be part of the whole big celebration on a Friday Lagba Omer. Again, if you want to sponsor the event, and we encourage you to, it's a free event. Uh, it is something that we are committed to, to make a uh, regular Friday Erev Shabbos Lagba Omer day something much more spectacular. If you want to sponsor the event or if you want to attend the event, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We'll be at the Art Scroll Studios in Rahway, New Jersey that day with the wonderful folks from Colra Multimedia under the direction of the great Hananya Kramer. Uh, so if you want to, again, sponsor the event, if you want to be at the event, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Yeah. Simple as that. By the way, the OU has announced a Get Members Back to Synagogue initiative. Now, I'm I'm not sure what I think about the whole grant uh, part of it. Uh, I would hope that we uh, that we as leaders in the community um, would be able to attract people to come back to shul 
uh, as the pandemic wanes uh, without a financial incentive. But you want to know something? If the OU feels that this is an opportunity uh, to um, utilize uh, their grant funds and support the synagogues who are trying desperately to get their uh, members back, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. It, it, it might just go down as money really well spent, especially for synagogues that are frankly struggling right now, uh, both financially and uh, with membership. Anyway, so we'll speak to Mike Bain, president of the OU, later on this morning, and um, we'll tell you synagogues out there how you could apply for the grant. And hopefully it'll get more and more people back to school. I have a lot to say on this topic, as many of you probably suspect, but I'll try to keep my mouth shut and uh, let Mike Bain represent the OU and its goal with this uh, with this initiative. Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. By the way, update. Uh, on the Seagull porch, there are three A&H salamis hanging. I think one is really, really ready to be sliced up because it's now been there six weeks. I mean, it's there from, you know, almost Purim time. So, um, yeah, that one is probably going to be served this Shabbat. And um, next time you're in Aaron's Casino Farms or any of the great supermarkets out there, make sure to pick up an A&H salami. Hang it appropriately on your porch or in your garage. And a few weeks later, you'll have a delicacy that you'll absolutely love. By the way, if you eat it the first day you bring it back home, you'll like it also. That's a separate issue. <laughs> anyway, so go to A&H at kosherdogs.net and make sure to use promo code radio. Speaking of promo code radio, by the way, what happened to my... Oh, I'm on the wrong computer. There you go. Speaking of promo code radio, uh, our friends at Art Scroll have released a brand-new book by Rabbi Eliezer Krohn, A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. Uh, it's available now. It is available with promo code RADIO that will include your discount and will include free shipping. So always use promo code RADIO at artscroll.com no matter which one of the thousands of titles you are ordering. Right now we're recommending Rabbi Eliezer Krohn, A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. And um, from what we hear, this is already... Uh, already made an impact out there in the area of women's halacha. And it's only been out like a week and a half. So check that out and enjoy. Uh, by the way, speaking of Art Scroll, we mentioned that we're actually uh, renting out the Art Scroll Studios in Rahway, New Jersey to host our event next uh, Friday for the uh, Lagba Omer extravaganza. Uh, we, had got, we got confirmation yesterday that are by Aaron Zlotowitz, of uh, Art Scroll is going to be in attendance. He will be there during our show next Friday, so we'll have an opportunity to thank him and to uh, really thank the folks at Art Scroll, um, not only for the studio that they built, which has been a tremendous help to a lot of people during COVID, especially with all the live streaming, uh, but uh, in general uh, for all their service to the uh, greater Jewish world. So we'll have an opportunity to do that um, uh, next week when we are in their studios in Rahway, New Jersey. By the way, those of you who are considering sponsoring the event and coming, and I really am encouraging it, be a full breakfast. There'll be an 810 Shacharis, because we're going to be taking a break in the middle of the show, um, you know, from the music, and, you know, taking care of a whole bunch of stuff, or by Uden will speak, et cetera, et cetera. 
So please, if you have an opportunity um, to sponsor the event, please do so. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. More brand new from uh, Benny Friedman. Give us 
JM in the AM. Vavios in brand new Benny Friedman. Good song, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is a good song. JM in the AM, good morning. Um, I just got a great call from Dr. Rosenstein. Bali Ayanhara, Bali Ayanhara. And I say that with as much emphasis as one can have. Bali Ayanhara, the Rosenstein's continue to see such incredible Yiddish anachas. They are one example of the many, thank God, of great-grandparents at this point who are seeing full generations growing in front of them, full generations of family growing in front of them. Remember what we always say, when, uh, when people that we know, colleagues of mine, grew up in this country in the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s, there were kids who did not realize that your parents could have parents. I always cite a friend of mine from Brooklyn who was in uh, one of the yeshivas in the 1960s, and he was the only kid in the class who had a grandparent. That is, of course, you know, the survivor generation. They, they did not have their parents anymore, quite obviously. So now, probably for one of the unique times in Jewish history, I don't want to say the only time because it's not fair, but because, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened everywhere, you know, in Jewish history at every time. But now we're in a period of time where, thank God, thank God, thank God, seeing four generations together on an average day, on an average visit, not just simchas, but on an average visit, is not unusual. And sometimes you have to pause and just realize that, how unique this is. That now, I mean, I grew up with some grandparents, but, you know, when I was very young, the majority of them were gone. Um, now, the the grandchild very often has all their grandparents. And on top of that, I know somebody who's almost my age who has a uh, a grandmother who is uh, Baruch Hashem going strong. A grandmother, yes, I said grandmother. Anyway, with all this introduction, <laughs> I want to thank Dr. Rosenstein for all the good news. A great-grandson born down in Dallas, Texas. They're expecting a, uh, a, uh, a bris celebration very soon. It's... Um, Miriam and Svi Rosenshine. Svi is the head of the Kolel down in uh, Dallas. Mazel tov to Mrs. Uh, Shmuel Aaron Rosenshine, to Mr. and Mrs. Nussbaum up in Muncie. And then the engagement, the Walk and Rosenthal families have celebrated an engagement. Chaim Svi is engaged to Adina. Uh, so we wish them a Mazel tov to Mrs. Rosenthal in Haverstraw, to Mrs. Walk in, uh, in Flatbush, and of course Dr. and Mrs. Rosenshine enjo- enjoying all of these simchas of their great grandchildren, which is pretty amazing. 27 minutes after the hour on day number 25 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Make sure to check out our app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. And um, for iPad and iPhone and comment away. J.A. Morris says, Nahum, you got to go to Budapest hungry and taste those dried salamis. Maybe A&H can make a deal with the butcher there. What's so special about Budapest? We got these incredible A&H salamis. You, you wait a few weeks and it's the best dried salami ever. Whew. I got to tell Seth Levitt that they're, uh, they're, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> they're, 
they're uh, they're ranking on him in Budapest. It seems, man. Budapest has nothing on A and H. That I could tell you. Um. So I, I, you know, I mean, the top story on the Israeli news, as you heard, is the suicide attempt by uh, Meshi Zahav, and what a uh, what a story that is. Unfortunately, one of complete tragedy all around. Um. Apparently, some major documentary or news report was coming out tonight in Israel, which detailed a whole bunch of more allegations against him. The other story that made the news in Israel, and I guess you know for good reason because he's a hero in Israel, is the injury last night that uh, Denny Avdia uh, suffered, a season-ending injury, placed to Washington Wizards. He is a an absolute hero in Israel and represents the Jewish people really. He does have a Jewish mother and... He represents the Jewish people really well. I know not all of you always appreciate how you know people of his background can do that, but he is a professional basketball player. He um, he is twenty years old. He was just twenty in January, and now he's here. I think I think basically the gist of what his parents were saying on the Israeli news was how bad they feel they can't be with him at this time. He suffered this hairline fracture and ankle injury yesterday that to carry him off the court, and. Um, and he's out for the year. Oh, they didn't carry him off the court. They put him in a wheelchair, right? It was a pretty scary leg injury, though. Anyway, so our thoughts with him, and like I said, uh, seems everybody in Israel is uh, is uh, somewhat depressed. I'm saying that, you know, in a mild manner uh, because of what he suffered last night. So we wish him well. We, maybe we should check in with our friend, uh, uh, the sports rabbi, Josh Halleckman. And knowing him, he's already probably spoken to Denny and, and gotten and gotten an update uh, as to his progress. I would have a feeling that that's already happened, so we'll try to find out. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Our Chachomim say that Olam Hazeh, this world, is the Alma de Chakra, it is the world of falsehood. And Olam Abba, the next world, is the Olam HaEmes, the world of truth. We can understand how important it is always to say the truth. We are told in Ksubas that when Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was lying on his deathbed, the Malach HaMavis, the angel came to take him. And that Malach had been instructed by the heavenly court do for that tzaddik whatever he wishes. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said to the Malach, he said to the angel, take me to the Garden of Eden, take me to Gan Eden, and show me my place there. The Malach had no choice. He said, fine. The Malach then lifted Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi up above the wall, and he showed him his place in Gan Eden. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi jumped from the wall, and fell to the other side. However, the Malach held on to the corner of his cloak because it was not his time yet to go. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, I take an oath, I make a shvua, that I will not come back. There was a dilemma. The Malach wanted to bring Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi back. However, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had already invoked an oath. He made a shvua. Hashem then resolved the dilemma. Hashem said, 
if Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had ever taken an oath, and that oath was annulled in his lifetime, he has to return to earth. If not, he's allowed to stay right where he's at. He would be permitted to remain in Ganeden. It was found that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had always kept his word. He always fulfilled his promises. At that moment, Elio Anovi announced, Clear a place for the son of Levi. Clear a place for the son of Levi. This is how the Koshnitz of Magid explains, Whoever has never desecrated his word and has never looked to be released from his promise, then according to all that comes from his mouth, shall he do. From heaven, they will do everything that the person requests. We see from this moving incident concerning the great Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi how important it is to keep one's word. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. and the A.M. with the Hevra. Well, listen to Yitzhak on the app is certainly getting ready for uh, our Lagba Omer celebration, indicating that we're just uh, one week away. It's going to be quite a morning that Friday morning, everybody. It's going to be a five-hour J.M. and the A.M. with one of the greatest super bands ever put together, in my opinion. I, what did I say the other day? I've done almost 9,400 J.M. and the A.M.s in 37 years, and I've already declared the show... <laughs> as one of the best ones ever. And the show hasn't happened yet. So that's rare for me to do that, but that's how confident I am it's going to be an amazing morning and a very fun morning, to say the least. So let us hope uh, that my prediction is right, frankly. If you want to sponsor the event or be there, remember we're renting out the Arts Girl Studios in Rahway, New Jersey. So if you want to sponsor the event, which would be most welcome, or be at the event, uh, which would be amazing. Remember, we have a full breakfast for the sponsors who come, and um, and we have a minion uh, taking place at eight ten that morning. So, if you'd like to be part of that, uh, just go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and click on uh, sponsorship opportunities. Oh, by the way, speaking of that morning, Friday, the uh, the 30th of April, Lagba Omer, our presenting sponsor, our friends at Mizrahi, RZA. Go to rza.org slash journey home, rza.org slash journey home for the latest information regarding their journeys, their trips coming up to Israel, one of which we hope to be on next month, frankly. With us live via telephone, uh, the person who's been brought in by uh, by the RZA, Mizrahi here in the United States uh, to be uh, in charge of senior education, leadership, and learning, Rabbi Hart Levine. Rabbi Hart Levine is uh, talented and passionate about connecting Jews to meaningful Jewish communities and college campuses around America. He is deeply inspired by the ideals of religious Zionism and has taught classes on the Torah of Rav Kook. For the past decade, he's accumulated an unparalleled breadth and depth of knowledge about Jewish life as a spiritual leader and social entrepreneur. He is a uh, musmach of Ritz. He is, um, he is a, um, he has run, he has started and has run a series of outreach programs for college students and young professionals with the OU, including Heart to Heart and Yavne. And he also serves as a founding rabbi of the base community, a, a synagogue that has, a, has had a tremendous impact up in Washington Heights, New York. And as I've said before with the, him on the air. Uh, I am someone who appreciates great Jewish leadership, and it is uh, something that he exemplifies. Rabbi Hart Levine, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Yeah, thank you so much, Nachum. It's uh, a really, uh, really an honor to be here. I appreciate that. I, I think Mizrahi made a, a, an amazing. You know, here here's my assessment, and I don't want to be unfair to the um, 
uh, to the leadership of Mizrahi for the past many decades because they have had effective leadership and have always been a uh, an effective organization, uh, both in the United States and around the world. But uh, there's no question that when uh, Rav Daron Peretz uh, uh, joined uh, and or took over World Mizrahi, uh, we saw things being taken to a different level. And I think it's obvious that as we look at the RZA and uh, Mizrahi based in the United States, now under the leadership of Ari Rakoff, um, that now we are seeing the same thing happen, a really good organization uh, moving forward and and becoming as 2021 as possible. And frankly, Rabbi Hart Levine, I think your hire, you being brought into the organization, is a really important part of that. Do you see an incredible landscape in front of you? Do you see... Uh, that with the RZA, uh, you can reach an incredible uh, number of uh, of youth in this country and really instill some phenomenal religious Zionism in them? Yeah, I think definitely. I think, uh, I mean, it's probably a combination of the timing, the leadership, and like the long history of Mizrahi, but, but there's definitely a sense like, everyone we speak to is like, wow, Mizrahi is really coming back. Yeah. Um, I mean, right, not that it's been away, but I feel like there's something about I don't know, maybe, maybe like coronavirus is sort of shaking everything up. People are sort of rethinking their lives. I think, I think there's really a lot of potential here. I wonder, actually, if the pandemic, uh, you know, uh, caused a restart or a reset for a lot of organizations and efforts. That's interesting that you, that you say that. How, how does one become an expert in a specific generation? You know, that's how you're being painted. In fact, I think I have a blurb here. <laughs> i got to read this to you. And uh, you know, I say Uh-oh. this. I say this with the greatest respect. But it's you know, to be re- here, you're recognized as a as an ex nationally as an expert in understanding the next generation age group. For instance, graduating high school uh, seniors through the gap year, through college and graduate school, and young professionals. How does one become an expert in how to deal with and reach that generation? Right. Okay. So first of all, I, I'm I'm not going to claim that I'm the expert. I've, I've I've definitely worked in this field for a while, but there are definitely people who, who probably are, are more expert than me. But I think, um, I mean, I think I've just been, I've been, uh, I've been working with this population for a while, for the last, uh, I guess, since I was a college student, um, and ever since I've been, I've been going to Israel and, 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 and uh, speaking at gap year programs for the last 12 years. Um, so I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been visiting college campuses. I think the last 10 years I've, I have uh, spent Shabbat on around 40 different college campuses wow. uh, all, all across America. So just from working with, with students, I've, I've worked with hundreds, thousands of students on colleges all over, um, and not just one year on one campus, but really right. o- um, over a decade on a whole variety of campuses. So I got to see really the variety of the challenges and also the opportunities and, and, and what people were looking for. Um, so I think that's what sort of like helped guide me to where I am now. You know, it's funny. I'm an old guy and I look at someone like you and say, boy, do you have a lot of competition? You know, the, the generation that we're talking about, let's, you know, for argument's sake, say, you know, I don't know, 18 to 35 or whatever, you know, number, whatever numbers you want to use. I mean, you're in competition with every media source out there. Every every content platform out there. I mean, just to reach There's these new ones every year. Yeah, exactly. And just to re- some would say they're new ones every day. <laughs> and ju- and just to reach that population, just to be heard, just to be noticed by that population, where they're being inundated, you know, from so many different avenues, is a difficulty. That's why I say, if you're able to have an effect and actually, you know, convince people that you know certain certain paths are worth exploring, that's a victory in and of itself. 
Yeah, I think, I think one thing I'll say about that is that as there's this influx of um, social media things and content, and, and I think what happens is people become so like, inundated with that that sometimes they, some people just like, see that all as, as noise. And, and I think with all, with all the stuff out there, people are looking for something meaningful. Um, and, I, you know, there definitely is, you know, there are meaningful content, there, there's meaningful content on different platforms and, and, and media, social media. But I think people are, are looking for things that are real. I think definitely, yeah. um, like uh, going back to COVID, people uh, being on a screen for so long, I think that's really um, made people look for you know real personal in person sort of like meaningful connection. Yeah, it's funny because now I'm getting what you're saying that you know in in the old days, so to speak, you know ha- half of what people were presented with, even though it was much less, was probably real, and half of it was you know stuff you'd want to discard today. I think you're pointing out that you know way over ninety percent of the stuff is 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 stuff that most people that age would just want to discard. They don't think is real. They don't think is important, and they spend their time you know looking for what's important, looking for what really touches them and changes them. Right? I mean, I, I guess that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, right. They say it used to be like uh, back when back back when like uh, this is this is before my time. I don't know, maybe before your time. <laughs> back back when fax machines were first invented. Right. Like when you got a fax, it was like. Oh my goodness! Someone sent me a fax. Like right. when email started, wow! Someone sent me an email. Now you get, now no one even looks at their email anymore because right. it all goes to spam. So then there has to be like, okay, so how do you actually meaningfully connect with someone? And I think that has to be through meaning, through purpose, through community, through sort of like real connection. You know, one of the things where my heart Levine is with us. One of the things we discovered with our work with the Nefesh Benefesh and and other organizations is the incredible uh, job that many educators and parents in the non-Orthodox world did in terms of instilling a, a Zionist attitude and a Zionist passion in their students and children. And I have to imagine that that's something you've taken notice of, that there is uh, both among the Orthodox, thank God, and among those who are not as ritually connected, uh, an amazing spark of Zionism in a lot of American Jews. A lot of us often, you know, fall into the trap of bemoaning the fact that there's so many people who are disconnected. Are you finding that there are a lot of connected college-age students out there? For sure, for sure. There are always people who um, who see, I mean, I guess, you know, part of it's your perspective. There's always people who are going to be not connected, but I think that there are so many people, there are probably more people now going going to Israel for a gap year than probably ever before, Um, maybe in the history of the Jewish people. Um, and so I think that there, that there are a lot of people who are inspired. And, and the work that we do is not starting from nothing. It's, it's really built on the backs of the institutions, the teachers, and all, all of the infrastructure in Israel and America that's working to inspire uh, the next generation of American Jews. Yeah. And, and the reason I mentioned Nefesh, but Nefesh, of course, is because that's where we met so many lone soldiers who are not from Orthodox backgrounds and are ready to put their lives on the line for the state of Israel, because that's how they were brought up. Rabbi Hart Levine is with us, Senior Education Leadership and Learning Director at uh, RZA Mizrahi. RZA Mizrahi, of course, is sponsoring our event next uh, Friday, which is our big Lagba Omer celebration. Even more importantly, they're leading, and they are the leaders in getting us back to Israel, because once uh, groups were uh, approved, or, or almost approved, as we wait for final approval, uh, to go to Israel starting May the 21st, uh, Mizrahi uh, uh, jumped on the bandwagon, and you know R- Rabbi Levine. That's that's important both practically and symbolically. That RZA, the Religious Zionists of America, are the first ones to to form a group and get to Israel ASAP. Sure, correct. We 
mean, we're trying to do it because we also like, really want to be back to Israel. But, but also, right, I think symbolically, you're right. Like, we're not going to be having we're not going to have hundreds of people on this mission. It's just, just because of COVID and all the regulations it's going to be very limited. But we feel like we're we're coming as representatives symbolically of all the people in America. Yep. I I really miss Israel. Um, yep. This is the first time in probably as long as we could remember that, or as long as I could remember that we couldn't just hop on a plane um, and, and go to Israel. And there's there's a sense of longing of sort of missing being being at home. Um, so. So yeah, we're trying to sort of capture that that longing. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, people hang on every word when we broadcast from Israel, and and this trip, you know, please God, we get there next month. The people will literally uh, be glued uh, to the uh, to the airwaves just because people are desperate for that connection. They're desperate for 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 something to bridge the gap between Israel and the diaspora during this pandemic. Right, Hart Levine is with us talking about the RZA. Uh, and um, and religious Zionism. By the way, I, I mean, are are you still up in Washington Heights as a rabbi? Is that uh, have, have... I am? Yep. Are you still yep. the rabbi in the synagogue right now? So, how has that experience um, uh, uh, given you a um, a perspective on on what it is that that generation is looking for? Because you, you, when someone's working for an organization, making an effort, visiting college campuses, etc., I think people view. Uh, you know that person and their message in one way, but when someone's you know on a pulpit and attracting people to come and daven on a weekly basis, I think they they view them otherwise. How do you think the synagogue experience has enhanced what you're trying to do with our youth? Yeah, I think it's actually really helpful for me because it's not just working sort of like um, in a cloud trying to work with people in theory, but but I'm also working with people on the ground on a on a daily basis, um, and I'm always looking for sort of like ways to connect people, inspire people. Um, I, don't, I also feel like where people we're, we're working with a very with a, a largely very transient population, people in their 20s and 30s who are trying to figure out where to go, stopping here for a few years, there for a few years, and we've seen people in our community who've sort of like made the jump and and made it to Israel, and I see how much um, Israel and sort of like Israel as a sense of home, as a sense of inspiration, um, is really is really a powerful force. Has the synagogue been? I don't know, fully reopened now at this point, or how would you describe it? We've been, we've definitely pivoted. Um, we don't have that big of a, a physical location, so we're, we're limited in our capacity there. We've been doing a lot of things outside in the parks, um, even in the winter, in the, in, in the snowstorms. Wow. Um, so we've definitely sort of come back to life, but, but it definitely looks different. I think it says something about the Jewish people that we gathered on snow-covered parks in order to make sure to daven with a minion during this pandemic. I, that, that's a whole other sermon, but, <laughs> but but I think it definitely says something about us. You know, one of the things I read uh, as I was uh, looking at the RZA website and some of the things that um, are included in your messages is, you know, you just mentioned watching people and helping them, you know, move to Israel, et cetera. That, that's not the eventuality that you're necessarily – uh, striving for obviously, you're 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 happy when you hear of anybody of any age moving to the Holy Land. We all believe that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Um, but but there are there are goals you have that are you know shorter than that uh, in terms of education and inspiration. And uh, I I know that it's it's it seems like based on what I read that it's important to you to always remember that that you know you shouldn't look at it as a failure if the person you're working with doesn't eventually move six thousand miles. For sure. I think some people see religious Zionism as sort of aliyah or bust. Right, right. Um, if you really care, you're living in Israel, and if you're living here, it must be you're a failure. And I think we're trying to shift that. Not that aliyah is not a goal, uh, it's not a primary goal, 
but for a lot of people, that's not sort of like the, the calling right now. And what we're trying to say is that there are messages and there are missions of religious Zionism, and there's a calling for religious Zionism in America to bring, to bring some of those ideals, that, that sense of purpose, that sense of we're working towards redemption, that I feel like is sort of like missing from the conversation in America. I, I, I think religious Zionism and people inspired by religious Zionism um, have a responsibility to bring some of those teachings into our community here. Yeah, and imagine if they are inspired and it becomes part of them, what they do then for the next generation. And again, not yeah. necessarily meaning that, 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 that it would be the next generation that moves, but just a, you know, a, 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 like I described earlier, a, a feeling that one belongs to the Jewish people. And if only everybody would realize how important a, a component Israel is in one believing that they belong to you know, as part of the Jewish people. And, uh, and on this Herzl Day, today being Herzl's birthday, and an actual <laughs> national holiday in Israel, I mean, isn't that, you know, what the message is all about? That the state of Israel, uh, the land of Israel first, of course, and then the state of Israel gives an opportunity for people to feel connected to be part of the Jewish people. And, uh, you know... Yeah, for sure. I think, I don't know, we were doing some research on the history of, of, of Mizrahi back in the early... 1900s, and we're actually really surprised that I think Mizrahi or parts of Mizrahi actually voted for the Uganda plan right. for the Jewish state not to be in Israel. And we're like, right. how could that be? I thought Mizrahi is all about the centrality of the land of Israel, and that's true, but they also believe in the centrality of the Jewish people being connected to what does it mean to be a Jewish people, a nation. Right. Um, and so obviously we support the state of Israel, but we also support the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, the Torah of Israel which are all part of the Mizrahi mission. Yeah, I always talk about Uganda as a uh, desperation for a homeland. And it's hard for us, you know, who who travel for two weeks and, you know, sit in a hotel and get a rent-a-car in Israel these days, it's hard for us to relate to a time when a Jewish people was desperate for a homeland, desperate for a place to be together and grow together and not be, uh, hopefully, not be, uh, uh, you know, under the um, a tyranny of other governments, etc. But that's that's what it was like. You know, they they were just desperate at, at the minimum. At the minimum, if we, if we have to go somewhere in Africa, let's do it. But obviously, the ultimate is being in the land of Israel. Um, Rabbi Hart Levine is with us next month. We travel, please God, assuming the Israeli government agrees with us. We travel to Israel, where we'll be with our friends with Mizrahi. Mizrahi presents our big Lagba Omer celebration an event that, frankly, we are uh, viewing as one that unites the Jewish world. People in Israel will be watching and listening in Friday afternoon, Lag Omer Erev Shabbos, and of course people around the world will be tuned in whenever appropriate for them in another world-unifying event. And I hope that everybody out there uh, is tuned in and is part of the big celebration. And Rabbi Levine, all I could say is that I- I'm sure you agree, especially with the amount of time you spend uh, analyzing uh, the-, the data and the uh, initiatives that have to do with Jewish youth, I'm sure you agree that whenever there's an infusion of of uh, of young blood into any organization, especially uh, you know effective people who come with a great background like yourself, um, there is tremendous hope and uh, and tremendous growth potential. And again, I am in no way um, in no way uh, minimizing the incredible work over the decades of what's happened at the RZA. But already, I am getting the feeling, just based on the initiatives that have been uh, undertaken and the attitude that's out there publicly. Uh, that the RZA is ready uh, to, you know, for the next step, so to speak. And I hope that in your position, how long have you been in this position now? How long have you been with RZA? Um, for, uh, less than a year, around six months. Well, I hope in this half a year you've gotten the same impression and you feel the same way. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for what's to come and for what we're working on now. I think I think there's a lot of potential. 
Beyond the trip, what are you working on? I'll put you on the spot. What what can we expect over the next next half a year? Uh, do you do, yes. do you need the college campuses to reopen? Do you need a lot of in person stuff happening in order to uh, get your initiatives going? We, we don't need things to be uh, open up, but I think we're I think that's where things are headed. So we're we're starting to look there, but we're definitely looking to sort of to, to mobilize and to, uh, and to bring together people coming from. Um, I mean, a lot of people were in gap years in Israel, and they're coming back to colleges in America. Right. Think about how, and think about how do we leverage that inspiration, that uh, sort of like drive to do something to make a difference, um, and and specifically in the realm of the Jewish nation, the Jewish homeland, the, the Torah of Israel. I think there's a lot that we're trying to do. Um, we're starting a fellowship for college students um, this summer, so th- there's a lot that's going to uh, start happening. And you're raising one of the most important points. There are so many amazing groups. You see them, high school groups. I mean, I can name them, but I won't now. High school groups, um, uh, religious Zionist groups, some really well-known that do amazing work in high school, in college, gap year, et cetera. But then beyond that, once students are back here, whether it's before or after college, it, it, they, they sometimes have no avenue to really express you know, their passion for Israel and their passion for you know Jewish continuity and their involvement in the Jewish community. And if you can concentrate on that age group and really feel that they, in an organized fashion, can grow in that area, that's a major accomplishment. And it sounds like that's what you want to do. So, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if you're joining us next Friday or not, but you're certainly invited. And I thank you so much for joining us this morning and continued success with the RZA. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will uh, maybe see you next week and also maybe see you in Israel. I hope so. I hope on both occasions we will see each other. JM in the AM. That's right. My heart, Levine, here on a JM in the AM Thursday morning. For information about the journey, you go to rza.org slash journey home about all the uh, upcoming trips, rza.org slash journey home. And again, I thank Mizrahi. They are sponsoring our major Lagba Omer five hour JM in the AM celebration next Friday. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. <laughs> Hashem Elohim Zochreinina Zochreinina Vechazkeinina Ach apam Azeo Elohim Hashem Elohim Zochreinina Zochreinina Vechazkeinina Ach apam Azeo Hashem Elohim Zochreinina Zochreinina Vichazkeinina Ach apam Hazeho Elohim Zochreinina Zochreinina Vichazkeinina Vichazkeinina Ach apam Zachreini, 
Thursday morning, J.M. in the A.M. Day 25 in the counting of the Omer. Even though people are signed up for, I think I'm on 10, 10 Omer alerts, I think. <laughs> I think I have like 10 different services that email me and WhatsApp me. <laughs> Uh, and then family groups remind, and I still have to be careful because sometimes, uh, you know, I'm davening Mincha Marev back to back and it's not uh, late enough to count the Omer and, uh, I got to be reminded. Anyway, whatever it takes to remind you to count the Omer and to stay with the count, make sure to do it. So I mentioned earlier, the Orthodox Union has has you know it's not just that they're offering grants which is great because believe me a lot of synagogues need those grants right now they've had a rough year a lot of synagogues so believe me there are plenty of synagogues who need the grant which is great but i was just telling Mish bain off the air and i'm going to introduce him in a second that um what the ou has done to call attention not just the grant and the effort believe me that's wonderful but just the fact they've called attention to what i think is a major problem coming out of uh, this pandemic is uh, is fantastic because th- there has to be over the next year there has to be a big push parents grandparents rabbis leaders of all types we need a big push to get people to come back to shul very simple that's where we all belong that's really where we all belong president of the OU the orthodox union and tremendous friend of ours here at JM and the AM is Mike Bain and he is with us live via telephone an honor to welcome you back to JM and the AM yeah, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Nathan. I appreciate that. We'll we'll do the grant in a minute. And like I said, believe me, plenty of synagogues need those grants now because a lot of them have had a rough year. But just the fact that the OU is um, shining the light on such an important issue is, I think, wonderful. It's a terrible problem, but it's wonderful that you're out there talking about it and urging people to help solve it. Uh, the reality is, it's very simple, Mike. The reality is that uh, we as a community, especially here in this area, I'm sure other parts of the country have enjoyed it as well, we as a community have made great progress over the last 20, 30 years in getting people to pay attention to Tefillah B'Tzibur, getting people to pay attention to being in shul uh, on a regular basis. Shabbos, Yontif, men, women. I mean, we've done. I think we've done a great job. And there are communities with the thriving minyanim on a daily basis. And the pandemic... Uh, aside from taking us out of our shuls and making us, you know, homesick for our shuls, unfortunately, it got a lot of people used to not being in shul. And then, frankly, uh, it, it's gotten a lot of people used to not davening in what is a, let's say, proper, I'll take blame for the word, I won't put words in your mouth, a proper Jewish atmosphere. Believe me, I get the convenience and the importance of davening outside in a park or in someone's backyard, but ideally... You know, one should be in a real sanctuary with an Aaron Kodesh and a proper environment for their davening. So tell me about the genesis of this idea. Obviously, it ends with asking people to apply for these grants, and we'll go through that. But at what point did you say that your organization must be a leader to get people back to shul? Well, you know, Nachum, I, I agree with you entirely that there has been enormous progress in our community throughout the United States 
on enhancing the relationship between the Orthodox community and attending shul, both on Shabbos and during the week. And the pandemic has had a effect on slowing down, if not reversing that trend. The, the Orthodox Union does, on a regular basis, review the condition of American Orthodoxy and try to identify dimensions that we could be assistance in. And I think your point is extremely well taken. The, the, the benefit of the grants is really a side point right. to the purpose of the project. The right. purpose of the project is to get people to start thinking among their shoals and outside of their shoals, what could the community do to begin to return to an enormous trend that was on the rise that has been reversed? And by creating this, the buzz among shuls, and we've gotten already over 70 proposals, wow. and we expect by the time we hit the deadline next Friday, we'll have way over 100. Just that discussion within a shul to talk about what can we be doing to get people back in, that alone is the objective we're trying to accomplish that has already been achieved. Yep. And the community benefits from Tzilab Seaboard prayer with a minion in many, many regards. Some of them are direct spiritually. I mean, we know that our rabbis tell us that the prayers prayed together as a community have much greater potency in Shemaim in heaven. But there's also social dimensions. So when a person begins their day before going to their office or their hospital or their factory, first beginning with a group of Jews talking to God, the entire day is different. Yep. And when you're praying at home, although, of course, God listens to the prayers of us individually, it's not the same. And we're losing that dimension, which is a whole trajectory of our day that we want to get back on track with. Yeah, I, I always say when I daven alone, it's like 1% of the davening experience with Seaborn, and of course, I'm no rabbinic authority. Maybe the percentage is higher, as you just indicated. God obviously listens, but it's just not, it's not the same. And, you know, we have a problem, folks. We have a problem. And I, you know how I know the problem? I know the problem because my Amen Yehei Rabbah is not nearly as as um, effective, in my opinion, and, and doesn't have the same effect on me you know, outside uh, on a regular basis as it does in an actual shul. And I know that that sounds you know, crazy to some people, but I'm telling you, it is a different feeling. Um, saying Baruch is a different feeling, even when you have a minion, but you're not in a sanctuary. And I've always, you know, I understand... You know, people have safety concerns. I get it, and and it may even you know being outside the sanctuary may actually bring you know more people to a minion because of the uh, of the whole situation with the outdoor um, uh, minyanim. But um, the bigger problem, as Mike Bain is pointing out, the bigger problem is that there are people who are actually staying home. And you know, Mike, you just mentioned seventy applications. Which is great, and and I really do believe it has nothing to do with the grants, that the effort was just, you know, we got to get people to start focusing on this. I'm not putting you on the spot, and I'm sure there's a committee that's going to analyze it. Have you seen any creative ideas that rabbis have had about getting people back to shul? People apply for grants. Do they have good concepts attached to it that you think can effectively, you know, increase the population in shul? I think there are many, and we're going to try to ferret through them and identify those that are most potent. I'll share with you one that came from Israel, actually, as a suggestion, from a very prominent teacher, Rebbe, in Israel, that over the last year and a half, there have been many, many simchas that, as we all know, have been celebrated with small groups rather than the entire community. Right. And perhaps now it's an opportunity to go back into Shul and take a whole bunch of weddings that were celebrated the prior year, or bar mitzvahs, or bat mitzvahs, 
and create Shabbosim in which those are celebrated and all the community Ooh. is brought back into Shul to celebrate oh, collectively. what a I, great idea. I thought that was an incredible idea. Oh, what a great idea. I actually heard of somebody who made a bar mitzvah celebration for their 14-year-old son. Uh, just a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. He couldn't lane last year, so they made a bar mitzvah celebration and laned this year. I mean, why not? Oh, what a great yep. what a great idea that is. Anything that could bring people back into the environment of a synagogue is so vital and so important. And like I said, we spent a lot of decades building up to this point where people would take it seriously in terms of going to shul on a daily basis. And not just Shachar, it's Mincha Marv as well. I'm, I am amazed at how many people still gather, thank God. I mean, maybe not as many in offices now, maybe now again in the backyard scenes and you know outdoor park settings. But I'm amazed how many people are still concerned about making sure to daven three times a day with a minion. Look, I'll tell you, uh, when I went back in the olden days when there was such a concept of travel, <laughs> I used to travel around the country for the Orthodox Union. One of the real characteristics of a community was whether or not they had a late Marev in the right, winter right. for people who were not home in time for the Marev at the regular regular sundown time. And you saw communities. It was amazing to me. As you say, I would go into a, a shul at 10 o'clock at night, and there'd be 30, 40 men in a rather small community yep. coming to Dava Marv. That's a vibrancy that, that reverberates through a family, through a community, and we're, we have to make sure that we continue in that direction. Yeah, no question about it. Mike Spain is with us. We're talking about the Orthodox Union. Here's the, I should have it here in front of me, I assume. Yeah, here's the grant situation. Uh, grants of up to $5,000 will be awarded to the program selected will be administered to the OU's Department of Synagogue Initiatives, which is an amazing department, by the way. Synagogue's interested in applying for the grant. Uh, it's uh, ou.org slash grant21. Simple as that, ou.org slash grant21. Uh, they're due April 30th, so you have a week to put this together. The awards will be announced May 14th, so you don't have to wait long to find out uh, who will be awarded the grants. And that is the financial benefit that a shul can get uh, if they're making an effort to, to bring people uh, back to shul, but again, uh, whether whether you get a financial benefit or not, all community leaders of all ages should be doing everything in their power to get the shuls completely reopened and to attract men and women to come on Shabbos, to get people to come during the week, to make the minyanim as strong as possible. In some cases, people are just going to you know slap the minyanim on the schedule and just you know in- encourage people one by one to come and help make the minyan, whatever it might be, and that might be what it takes to schlep people one by one. And one other thing, Mike, by the way. And, Someone mentioned this to me the other day, and I was so saddened by it. I love when I when I meet a um, a young couple, and I am told that you know basically every day since Shevardnadze, has the husband's been in shul. And forget about COVID; there's nothing to do with COVID. And I say to myself, "Wow!" And, and it's funny for a guy that unfortunately misses <laughs> chakras of the minion too often because of my job. It's funny that I'm saying this, but I have given speeches around the around this area, you know, to different settings about tefillah, a, a, a you know a topic that is so dear to my heart about prayer, and 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 I love that when I hear of a young couple and someone says, "Yeah, they're married half a year. The guy's been in shul every morning. They're married two years. He never misses." To me, that is the basis of the start. Of a bias neman Yisrael. that is the basis of the start of 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 um, of establishing a real Jewish family among our people, even before there are kids on the way. Uh, I, I have a feeling you agree with me, but that, what the sad part is, I have heard of so many young men 
in their 20s and 30s who were making an effort to get to shul as often as possible, who basically have given up on the concept since this pandemic started. And I don't know if there are any synagogues out there with a specific initiative for your grant aimed at those young couples, but if there is, I think it's a really important age group to focus on. Yeah, that's no, no question about it. And there, there's a tangential dimension to this entire issue, which we have to talk about, and that is the strength of the shul as a community center. Yep. And the, and the many, many roles that the shul plays, that if there is a weakening of the commitment of individuals to the shul, all of those services that we rely on throughout the year, both youth programming, women's involvement, women coming to shul, I mean, although there have been some backyard minyanim that women would be invited to join with the mechitza, by and large they're not. And women have in particular not had an opportunity to return to shul, and they also have an important role in coming to shul. And shul also plays other chesed, benevolent programs in the community, whether it's bikuchol and visiting the sick on an organized basis, or many, many other programs. We need to have the shul strong, and we need people to be part and parcel of the rejuvenation of the show after the pandemic's conclusion. No question about it. I would also add, and you know, we did, we did the big Chesed initiative before Pesach here, and uh, just encouraging people to do good deeds for others. If you want to be involved and help other people, sometimes you have no choice but to find out from other people in shul and from the rabbi, you know, who's in need, who 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 can I help, who can you know I be there for, and it just you know uh, you know it's it, it's sort of a, a you know a ripple effect. You walk into shul, not only are you automatically starting your day, like you said, with a certain attitude, a certain atmosphere, and by doing certain mitzvos, which seem endless when one is in shul, but in addition to that, the opportunities of doing things for other people in the community, you know, goes up exponentially because you are, you know, surrounded by others who care and others who want to help out. So all of this is so vital and so important. It's not just about going and listening to the rabbi speak. And it's not just about going and being there for the minion. It's going, uh, as you just said, to to reestablish the synagogue as the centerpiece of our community. And and I also, I'll, I'll add one other thing, Marsh. I hope the larger Jewish communities don't look at this, you know, th- that it's not as vital for them. You know, in a smaller Jewish community, it's an easy argument to make how that synagogue is, you know, vital to the future of the community. Often in areas like ours geographically, People will be like, oh, you know, what do we need the larger shuls? What do we need these, you know, daily centers of gathering for from Inyanim when there's so many, you know, makeshift ways we could go about it? I, I think I, I fear that as well, that in places with a large Jewish population, they may not take it as seriously. Yeah, no, no question. That's a valid perspective. Look, I think the, the, the identity that we develop by being part of a kahila, by being part of a community, affects our entire self-image and our connection to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism. And being part of a shul is a vital part of that identity that we develop, not only for ourselves, but for our children, our spouse, and our broader family. So that's why we have our celebrations in shul. That's why we have our bar mitzvahs and our ufrups in shul, because we need to be part of a community, a real community, in order to have the sense of identity of who we are and where we belong. Mike, you know what you just reminded me of? I used to, <laughs> I used to always say that half the time I go to shul, Half, right, 50%, and I go a lot. <laughs> Half the time I go to shul, it's because I watched my father go to shul with 105 fever. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could appreciate that. And, and by the way, everyone, as you think about your children and grandchildren, think about that. Think about the role model you're being when you go to shul under all circumstances or w- within all reasonable circumstances. Uh, you're, 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 you'll, you will be enhancing the next few generations just by 
undertaking that. For that reason alone, Mike, it's a good idea to go to shul. For, forget about yeah, actual, forget, forget about actual tefillah, but just in, in terms of building a good Jewish family, it's a pretty important thing to do. Anyway, Absolutely. Anyway, Bain, president of the OU. It's very simple. There are grants available, but as Mike confirmed for me, and I conjectured earlier, uh, th- this initiative has been undertaken just to bring attention to a really serious problem. And if you don't think it's serious yet in your community, it can get very, very serious. You've got to take our word for it on this. Uh, grants up to $5,000 for synagogues and programs that are selected. Uh, they'll be administered by the OU's Department of Synagogue Initiatives. That's until April 30th to submit OU.org slash grant21, OU.org slash grant21. The awards will be announced quickly uh, by May the 14th. Mike Bain, I thank you for this. I think you've uh, really, you and your organization have uh, brought a really important uh, um, uh, problem uh, to the forefront, and we appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for partnering and getting this word out. 100%. I hope people listen. Everybody young and old. You got to get back to shul. Sim- it's as simple as that. For all the reasons we mentioned, you got to get back to shul. Kudos to everybody who's going to get a lot of credit up there for davening in the snowstorms. I'm not kidding about that. The scene, even last night, even last night, the outside minion near uh, near my home. It, it was it was 30 mile an hour winds, and, it, and frankly, it was freezing for an April for an April evening. But we got to get back to shul. We got to get back to shul. Um, and that's a Shabbos, and that's during the week. We got to get back to shul, and um, whatever you could do, everybody out there, and the young leadership, you have the power more than anybody to convince your colleagues to get back on a daily basis. If you're in your 20s and 30s, boy, can you have an effect on your community, on your group of friends. Start with one of the ideas that I always talk about in my tefillah, in my prayer uh, presentation. Convince your friends to go once a week. Be the Tuesday guy. We need you for a minion every Tuesday. You be the Thursday guy. And you'll see how that once a week changes their lives and then how the you know, five weekdays a week will change their lives. And hopefully they're, they're already in shul Shabbos and Sunday, hopefully. But we need to get back to shul. And I'm begging everybody out there to please do everything in your power to, to understand the seriousness of the problem and yeah, your backyard minion may be really convenient and it may be an amazing 90-minute Shabbos morning tefillah with a great kiddish. I get it. But your acti- you, you ta- and it may not have a negative effect on you at all, but, but that type of minion existing is keeping people who need shul out of shul. Please, please think about that. Please. Uh, whenever we talk about davening, I'm always, <laughs> I always get passionate. So it happens when you grow up uh, loving shul and you raise children who Baruch Hashem love shul. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Uh, I want to thank Moish Bain. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954. Available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. And anybody who tells you that the dried salami in Budapest is better than the dried salami from A&H, they are incorrect. How do I know? I don't know, but I'm guessing because <laughs> I know how good A&H is. <sighs> um, just looking at the, uh, at the comments on the app. Yeah, I know. I know COVID restrictions. is. Believe me, I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying disband those minyanim today. 
Believe me, I'm not saying that, especially in areas where you still have to adhere to COVID restrictions and it's easier. I get it. But the vision has to be there. The vision, the goal, the goal of starting to think of when can we, you know, break this minion down and get everybody back into a shul, that has to be considered. That's what I mean. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have uh, the largest Judaica store online with same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. Go to ShopEichlers.com. You could literally have the item in your house or at your business today. It's pretty amazing. I want to thank the chairman of our um, of our live music uh, JM and the AM extravaganza, five hour JM and the AM next Friday. I want to thank uh, Steve Adelsberg, who's serving as chairman. I want to thank Ralph Rosenbaum, who's serving as our New Jersey chair. After all, the event is happening in New Jersey at the Rahway Arts Girls Studios. Is it that time of year again? Tax time? Remember, what is it, May 17th is tax day this year? Isn't it about time you went to a firm that does more than taxes? Rosenbaum Financial Services is that firm. Taxes play an integral role in in life's circumstances. They're able to identify planning opportunities based on information within your return. To learn more about Rosenbaum, Visit TaxCPA2.com, TaxCPA2.com. Call them at 1-800-829-2722, 1-800-829-2722. Email Ralph for his no-obligation research on the Dirty Dozen tax scams to watch out for. Ralph at TaxCPA2.com, Ralph at TaxCPA2.com. Oh, I'm exhausted from talking about tefillah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, it's a uh, – uh, Ellie, I don't get the comment. 90 minutes for an outdoor minion on Shabbos morning, question mark. What guy by picks a chazan who schleps things out? No, I get that. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the 90-minute Shabbos morning minion. Believe you me. I just think that, you know, the atmosphere has got to be different. Um – Day 25 in the counting of the Omer. Next Friday, our Lagba Omer celebration. If you want to sponsor the event, which is being provided free of charge to the worldwide audience, if you want to be a sponsor of the event, if you want to come down to the event and actually sponsor the event and, and be there with us in Rahway, New Jersey, when the Diasperados join out from Rosenblum and Aryeh Kunstler, uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And I thank you. I thank you very much. And it's going to be quite a day. Thank you to Mizrahi, RZA, Religious Zionists of America. Thank you to Yatar, Yatar Israel. Go to charity.com slash Yatar Israel. They're like six grand away from their goal, which is pretty amazing, like 92% of their goal already. We'll talk more about it in the next few minutes. We have a very special guest coming up. A reminder that the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center presents an evening of inspiration dedicated to the memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. Uh, We had an opportunity with Linda Spiegel earlier in the week to talk about Rabbi Schoenfeld's leadership and making a rehab center so comfortable for everybody in our community, which Rabbi Schoenfeld was largely responsible for, as she described. 
Uh, the presentation this coming Tuesday night begins at 7 p.m. Rabbi Noach Isaac Elbaum, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Chaim Schwartz will be presenting. It'll be moderated by Rabbi Zavol Perlman. It'll be shown at the Queen's Jewish Link website, the Yeshiva World website, and of course, margaretteats.org. And we'll talk more about the event as we get closer. An evening of inspiration and memory of Rabbi Schoenfeld coming up on Tuesday. More coming up here at JM in the AM. <laughs> Sam Chaini, 
Thursday morning, JM in the AM. Oh, I forgot to... Uh, I meant to joke with Mike Bain about all the uh, Sphere Omer alerts, including the ones from the OU. As I said, I get like 10 alerts, and I still sometimes uh, have to remember the count because uh, I'm part of a uh, sunset Mariv minion, so it's too early to count. But anyway, second day of Bahab, day 25 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks and four days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Benjamin Horgan is with us live via telephone. I'll remind you who he is in a moment. Uh, I've mentioned that the next Friday's our Lagba Omer celebration, and Yatar is one of our sponsors. Yatar, which is short for the ATV unit in Hebrew, is the only volunteer-based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and the Border Patrol. Highly trained anti-terror experts patrol and respond in hard-to-reach areas especially those that are ripe for terror-related activities. Yatar also responds to fires and other emergencies. The country's only unit like this uh, relies on donations from people like you to fund their highly specialized ATVs. And as we've been telling you, uh, the um, charity campaign that's going on right now is um, dedicated to the memory of Esther Horgan, um, and they already, Baruch Hashem, and I hope with this conversation we can get them over their goal, they've already raised, uh, in terms of the ATV that they're looking to get for uh, Tal Menashe, they've already raised almost $79,000, and they have an $85,000 goal. So they're at 92% of the goal. So if you have it in you to help them out with a donation to get this done, it would be amazing. Go to charity.com, charity with a D, Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Obviously, next Friday we'll talk more about it when we have representatives of Yatar with us. But today, Benjamin Horgan is with us, and our hearts are, um, our hearts are, uh, the collective Jewish heart, as I always say, continues to be in pain from all the recent uh, victims of terror. I do remind you that Benjamin's wife, Esther, and they are parents of six children. Esther was brutally murdered by a terrorist four months ago at the age of 52, uh, back in December, in a horrifying episode that you could certainly read about. They did apprehend the killer. I don't know if that's any uh, 
a consolation for the family, though. And now they've dedicated this campaign for the ATV for that area uh, to Esther's memory. Uh, Binyamin, shalom, and welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom. Good morning, Nahum. I, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, I, I represent a lot of people around the world who are listening right now uh, who want to express condolences to you and your family, of course. We, we feel that too many times we've had this experience of having relatives of those who've been uh, murdered by the enemy on the air. So obviously a collective Jewish heart is in ter- tremendous pain uh, even now four months later when we think about Esther and what she went through. Uh, but in addition to that, I know a lot of people want me to ask you how your family is doing and how the children are in the aftermath of this tragedy. Well, uh, first, thank you for your supporting words. And I must say that um, although we as a family do not have any direct connection with the U.S. communities, we, are, uh, we felt during the Shiva and uh, weeks after until now very strong support from the, from the Jewish communities uh, around the world, but especially from the U.S. And uh, it's uh, really um, wow. uh, warms, warms our hearts. Thank you for um, that. Well, my, my kids and I, um, let's say, we are trying to, uh, we are slowly coping with this new situation. Um, you know, my, 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 our children are a bit uh, older now. My, my eldest, uh, eldest uh, daughter is 29 years old, and right. my youngest son is 13. <clears throat> so uh, we are trying to go on with our new lives, I must say, because the routine will not become the same again. But um, slowly, slowly, the thing is sinking down in, in our uh, minds and uh, in our lives. We always, I mean, when tragedies happen anywhere in the world, we, we worry about how children can rebound from it, and, and all too often, unfortunately, they they sometimes do become a little, a little bit more insulated and uh, and and maybe filled with fear. I mean, the episode that happened to their mother is horrifying. I don't have to tell you that. Um, and yet, it seems that often in Israel, uh, children react differently with a renewed sense of uh, of commitment to Am Yisrael and with a a, 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 a tremendous um, a feeling of um, of uh, of stalwartness. That you know, ready to fight back, ready to you know to be there on the front lines for the Jewish people. Do you, do you see both of those reactions from your children? Well, uh, I, I certainly see. First of all, we, they, they were raised by mainly by their mother, by Esther, in in this way of uh, you know dedicating and doing the most that they can do in their life for the good of uh, Am Israel in general. Uh, all my uh, kids which are of age have already served in the IDF. I have one son who is a fighter pilot, uh, so he's uh, really dedicated his life to this mission. Um, my uh, second to youngest boy is uh, on the verge of being uh, also uh, uh, join, joining the IDF in a very uh, special unit. And, uh, yeah, I see that they are all let's say, um, taking this to the best possible uh, place, uh, taking the, the, the legacy of their mother, who, who was a, a joyful person and uh, very much dedicated also to the good of, uh, of everyone. She was a, a therapist and uh, an artist, and uh, they, we are trying to follow, our, to follow our path and to follow our example in this way. Every, every, so, every photo and video that we see of her, well, it looked like it exemplified joy. It looked like she had a love of life that all of us, you know, should be jealous of. She really, 
she really she really was and she she just uh, you know um, uh, um, gave this type of education to to our kids also and to our grandkids uh, we have two grandchildren so uh, the youngest is only 1 year old but my the other one is 5 years old and he is for sure had time to uh, also uh, be uh, impressed by his grandmother so so that that and we are, we have decided um consciously as after the uh, after the event after the attack to uh continue in her path and uh, to 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 uh spread as much joy and love of life as we can Benjamin Horgan is with us talking about his uh, beloved wife uh, Esther <clears throat> where where is Talmanasha I mean what's it near that we would be familiar with Okay, so Talmenashe is really at the northern point of the uh, of the Shomron uh, of Samaria. It's uh, if you look at the map of Israel, it's at the same um, level as if, if you want between uh, Caesarea, Caesarea, and uh, yeah. and uh, um, Afula, more yeah. or less, so mid midway between Tel Aviv and Haifa, but more into into the country. Um, but you know, Israel is a very very small country, so everything is, <laughs> is yeah. nearby. That we know, but we're certainly familiar with. With, uh, with Afula and that area, so you're pretty uh, far north compared to where we usually are uh, when we are in Israel. So, I mean, thank God this campaign is going well. We just want to we want to see it come to its conclusion. Frankly, with the achievement of reaching the goal, why is um, why is Yatar? I mean, I know why Yatar is vital all over Israel, and it's something that uh, we've been speaking about for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but why, particularly in your area, why is it so important to uh, enhance? the security needs of Talmanashe with a brand new ATV. So Talmanashe and its neighboring villages of Shaked, uh, Khenanit, there is a cluster of, uh, of uh, villages in this area. We are just north of the um, security fence, uh, which uh, was established uh, around the Green Line. Right. Uh, and this area is, uh, let's say, today, this security fence is uh, largely ineffective because of many reasons. And uh, the, uh, the the defense forces which are deployed in the area are doing their best, and they've really they are working very very hard in order to uh, safe uh, to keep us safe. But uh, still, there are a lot of uh, smugglers, a lot a lot of illegal workers, and some of them come with bad intentions, as we have seen. Uh, so uh, we believe that a fast response team based on ATVs and equipped with with this uh, with this kind of vehicles and with this type of training would be a very, let's say, important part of the deterrence, first of all, and also on the uh, um, uh, response uh, uh, part for, the, for, 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 for this kind of events. And I am convinced that if the TV unit uh, such as this would be de- de- have been deployed in this area in the past, we could have prevented this attack. And by the way, your wife's murderer is exactly what you just described. You, you said smuggler and the other terms you used, and he fit that whole profile. Yeah, exactly, and he was used to use to to to, to this path of uh, smuggling path between uh, the northern uh, villages of the Palestinian and the Palestinian Authority and uh, the Arab-Israeli towns of uh, Umm al-Fahem or uh, Bata, which are nearby, and uh, they're smuggling, you know, cigarettes and other drugs or whatnot, and uh, and uh, the IDF simply doesn't have any ma- enough manpower yeah. as of as of today to to deal with this situation because they have a lot of let's say. Uh, important stuff to to attend to, and uh, these these are a little bit uh, complex. I assume the so, mur- I assume the murderer is in jail, right? 
Yeah, he is. He was arrested uh, four days after the attack. Uh, he was identified one day one day later, and then uh, four days later he was arrested by uh, the Yamam, the special units of the police, and uh, assisted by the IDF. And by the way, also by my son's uh, um, uh, pl- um, uh, unit. Wow. Uh, and and then uh, and he is in jail, and I will. Be, I believe that he will remain in jail for the rest of his life. But. Um, you know, his family gets uh, funds from the uh, Palestinian Authority, uh, which are uh, which are paying uh, on a pay-per-slay basis uh, these uh, these terrorists, and this is really uh, uh, something which is completely immoral, but uh, is let's say accepted by the Western world, and which continue to fund the Palestinian Authority, although they know that these monies are used for this for these means. And, uh, yeah, that, that's the situation on the ground. So what we can is to um, secure ourselves with uh, better equipment, better response teams, and uh, I believe that uh, the Yatar can, do a, can make a difference in this area. Your son's unit helps find his mother's murderer. There's, yep. there's yep. something to that that, <laughs> I don't know, that sounds, yeah. that sounds uniquely Israel to me, frankly. Well, you know, they, actually, he's serving in the Air Force, you know, and they, they are usually doing their missions much, much farther away from, that, from our borders in, mm-hmm. uh, because he's, he's in, in, let's say, a very special uh, unit of the Air Force. But the Air Force decided that because of this situation, they will use this unit to support this arrest in order to kind of, you know, uh, have a close uh, cl- closed loop on this issue and uh, yeah this uh, it it has some significance it has some you know some kind of relief that uh, you can take part personally in the the, the, the bringing these guys to justice uh, uh, Benjamin Horgan's with us you know you mentioned earlier about the American Jewish community there was something about your wife that that touched everybody here and I and I see that it, it happens you know unfortunately there are a lot of victims of terror and some of them have this ability, you know, after they're gone to just be, I don't know, I don't know if it's because of the story that she was out jogging, like so many people in our community can relate to. I don't know if it was because it was right after Hanukkah or that she left the family. There are a million reasons. But your wife's life that we found about, out about after she was murdered has had a, a real emotional effect on people around the world and specifically here. Um, and, and I know you know that based on what you said earlier, but I just wanted to convey that, that uh, you know, that, that she's gone, but she continues to be in our thoughts. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, her joy is something that people admire and look up to. Yeah, I, I well, I saw that after the murder, that after that, so many people saw her on the on the various media, and uh, as you said, identified with her. I think also it's because she, you know, she looks so happy, so so so, so nice, and uh, although she she was fifty two and a mother of six, uh, she still uh, looks very young and uh, very let's say joyful, <clears throat> and this of course appeals to uh, to many people, and uh, there was. Um, um, in the in the wake of the of the murder, there there were initiatives to uh, go and run for Esther and run in her memory. Right. And we were so touched touched right. by that that we organized actually an organized um, a race, a run run race in in Tal Menashe in, in our area with the support of uh, Marathon Israel and other organizations. And we had 600 six hundred runners coming during uh, Holamoet Pesach uh, during, uh, and uh, to, to 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 run in our memory. It was really really a touching event and we intend to do it annually now.
Yeah, that's it. You just you, you just hit it exactly. I remember now that people were runners were were dedicating their runs and uh, and and trying to uh, uh, do it in her yeah. memory and uh, did it successfully. And yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that um, uh, American Jury was uh, uh, was taken uh, with her life and with her spirit. Um, everybody out there, I'm going to encourage you. Remember, this ATV campaign is in memory of Esther. The ATV campaign is in memory of Esther, and I know of listeners of ours who've already contributed, but they are this close to the goal. <laughs> I mean, they are literally just under seventy-nine thousand dollars. So whatever you give, they're trying to get to eighty-five thousand, which means they're over ninety-two percent of their goal. So whatever you can give, please do, and we'll keep reminding everybody. Uh, Yatar Israel uh, information online, but right now we want you to go to the charity campaign. It's charity with a D C H A R I D Y.com slash Yatar Israel C H A R I D Y.com slash Yatar Israel Y A T A R Yatar, which is short for ATV in Hebrew is the only volunteer based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and the border patrol. And it's the country's only unit like this, and it relies on generous donations for people to keep them going with the highly specialized ATVs. So you have an opportunity from around the world to make an impact on the border around Tal Menashe. Binyamin, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Our best to your entire family going forward, of course. We will continue to remember Esther. And I hope our listeners respond and that the uh, campaign is finally uh, finished, comes to its conclusion uh, and there's a brand new ATV there in uh, Esther's memory. Thank you very much, and thank you to everyone who contributes to this important campaign. Kolakavod, Dashcham, JM in the AM, day 25 in the counting of the Omer. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. on this Thursday morning, Herzl Day. I actually wanted to get David Matlow on this morning, but thought of it too late. We had a full schedule here already at J.M. in the A.M. Then Mayor Weingarten said he had a great Herzl uh, piece to discuss. I thought we'd do it early this morning. That didn't work out. So At some point, we'll uh, <laughs> get another discussion about Herzl on the air. It's Herzl Day in Israel, celebrating the birthday of Theodore Herzl. On this uh, tenth of ER, um, the ATV campaign. One of the listeners asked on a uh, on the app. The ATV campaign is charity.com, charity with a D, charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Y A T A R, charity.com slash Yatar Israel. That's how you give to the. Uh, the ATV um, 
What am I saying? The ATV uh, campaign, right? There we go. Um, and uh, we want to thank our friends from Yatar, one of our sponsors for the event next Friday. If you'd like to sponsor the Logbomer Extravaganza, we encourage you to do so with your contribution to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Just go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And if you want to attend the event, you'll see that also up there on sponsorship opportunities at fjbunity.org. Uh, we'll be at the Art Scroll Studios, Rahway, New Jersey. Um, Avram Rosenblum, the Diasperados, brought to you by presenting sponsor Mizrahi, the RZA, Religious Zionists of America. We'll be working with uh, Hanania Kramer and his team from Colrum Multimedia. We'll have our team there, of course. We will uh, broadcast a five-hour JM in the AM beginning at 6 a.m., the musical portion will start about, I don't know, 7.15, 7.30 in that area, and we'll go on off and on, but a lot of music between then and 11 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're in Israel, you could watch till 6 p.m., because I believe it, that Shabbos starts in Israel next week after 6 p.m. And uh, that's it. That's what you got to know. Big event coming up. Big thank you to our chairman, Mr. Steve Adelsberg. Big thank you to our New Jersey chairman, Mr. Ralph Rosenbaum. Big thank you to all of our sponsors, including the Markowitz family that has dedicated their full sponsorship to the memory of Chava Bas Shlomo. Uh, my, my dear grandmother-in-law, Evelyn Bubby Leader, who many of you knew, whose yard site is on Logboomer. And a thank you to all of our sponsors. A reminder that this coming Tuesday, an evening of inspiration will be presented and dedicated to the memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld by the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center, or by Noah Isaac Elbaum, or by Eitan Feiner, or by Yoel Schoenfeld, or by Chaim Schwartz. We'll all be speaking, moderated by Zavol Perlman, the coordinator of Jewish Affairs at Margaret Teets. Information, margaretteets.org. Margaretteets.org. And we'll remind you as we get closer to the event. Also, our friends at Partners in Torah, our friends at Partners in Torah, Continue to encourage everybody to become mentors, to become mentors and help those who, for one hour a week, want to use the opportunity to uh, connect even more with our tradition and heritage. It's an experience you will find very re- You don't have to be a student at Partners in Torah to find it rewarding. Even even as a mentor, it's very rewarding. Go to partnersintorah.org or um, 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four and then the number two. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a uh, Thursday here at JMM. Tomorrow, full Friday. Make sure to be tuned in. And we're one week away from our Log Bomer celebration. Um... All of our usual Thursday programming coming up. By the way, Miriam Alwalek at 10.30 has a live discussion with Rabbi Kenny Brander from Artura Stone on the subject of Agunot. Make sure to be tuned in. 10.30 this morning as part of our amazing morning lineup. Charlie Harari, uh, Michael Fragan, Allison Josephs all coming up at 10.30. Miriam Wallach with uh, Rabbi Kenneth Brander on the subject of Agunot. We'll have a live... Oh, live lunch at 11 o'clock. I'm assuming we'll have a big... Uh, Mazel Tov going out to the Hassan and Kala, Yoni and Haley, uh, during our live lunch today. Some lively lunch discussion. Have a fabulous 
Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Sigour reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.